This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. go, go. This is what I got to say. All right. Welcome to episode number five of season two. Of Finally a good song. Really? Yeah. Nope. Miley Cyrus? Yeah. Well, here's here's why I picked this song today. Welcome, by the way, to Defending Entrepreneurs. I'm Stu Saunders. I'm Nick. Uh, Nick Foley. And we are trusty hosts, um, and we've been recording all day, so we apologize if we seem a little bit loopy. Um, but I picked this song because we have a great guest today, Erin Gargan King. Yeah. And she's from America. And she's from California. From California. Yeah. Right? And yeah. she's, uh, wait, there you go, right? Fly away, anyway, yeah. all right. I hear you, man. You could have got the song California by Tupac, and that would have been a lot more relevant. I was going to do California Girls by uh, Van Halen. No, Van Halen Beach by... Beach Boys? No, California Girls. Well, the one I was thinking by Eddie, uh, um, doesn't matter. The former, former lead singer of Van Halen, um, doesn't matter. I can't think of his name right now. It's going to hit me. David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Jeez. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, hey, welcome to the show. We have Aaron Garden King on today, and we're super excited, super excited, super pumped to, uh, to have Aaron. And really briefly to get right into the show, because um, it was a long interview, longer yeah. than we thought. Um, but she's a she's a what we call a firecracker. Yeah, power, she's, well, she's a powerhouse individual. Yeah, sure. and she has got such a <clears throat> a, a great um, energy, great energy, but like a lot of knowledge, and she shares it well, and she speaks well, and she gets you uh, enthusiastic about what she's talking about. So, Erin Garden King is an expert in the online forums of the world. She's super amazing in the social media circles. She works with everybody from the Oscars to the U.S. Navy to Johnson and Johnson, helping them create their uh, their online presence and their story and how they communicate online, both in social media and in all online platforms. And we're super excited that she's actually going to be a a member of um, our Epic faculty coming up May 2020, yeah. who of course brings you the podcast. Yeah. And uh, she gave us a lot. Yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, and and she never she didn't hold back. She she gave us some great insight and some for people who are not. You know, great on social media. I think this will, you know, if you get your notepads out and a pen and start taking notes. Yeah. And I honestly think you're going to, uh, you're, you're going to come away with pages full. I know as part of the interviewing process, I took a lot of notes and these are things are going to reflect upon with all our guests, but especially when it comes to social media, it's so relevant today, especially when it comes to business. And she's a lot of fun. If you want to watch on YouTube, of course, we're on YouTube. Um, she's got such a great energy about her and, uh, and stick around to the final four questions, uh, our yeah. final four questions, because, uh, one of them, we have our backup fourth question, uh, what her story she told us. It was I just have, pretty phenomenal. I have not laughed that hard on this show. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, that's true. And yeah. I almost fell in my chair. Yeah, it was hilarious. And, and, and But she's got a great way of telling stories, right? And that just yeah. goes back to, to what she's an expert at. And, so. the, and the quality of content she gave us today mm-hmm. is valuable for any entrepreneur. Yep. No and, you know, and she said it was scalable. We'll talk about it afterwards. Here's the uh, wide ranging, hilarious, and informative, and serious, and valuable conversation with the one and only Aaron Gargan King. All right, we're totally pumped up today, Nick. We have got a wicked awesome cool guest. Did we say wicked awesome? Wicked awesome cool guest. Erin uh, Garden King, she's here. You heard in the intro how pumped up we are for this. Um, and I want, Erin, thank you first off for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, and where are you right now in the world? I'm in Laguna Beach, California, in our office, in our YouTube studio. California. Um, California. Yeah, that's we're all singing not real songs, but anyway. No, um, Aaron's is. Yours wasn't. Mine wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a, Aaron just sang a real verse from a like a, a word in a song. California knows, knows how to party. Yeah, exactly. Yours is like a mosh up between like old Christmas tree and like some song no one's ever heard of. All right, so. thanks. Anyway, Aaron. let's get to it. Okay, so Aaron, Strong I'm start. okay. Strong so. <laughs> So for the un, uh, the untrained, unknowledgeable uh, person who's never met Aaron before, I need to know your backstory, Aaron. Where where are you from? Where, where did you grow up? What where? Are, what tell your backstory? Who's Aaron? Sure. Well, I am two thirds East Coast of the United States. Grew up in Maryland. One third West Coast, Orange County, Laguna Beach. And my story is that I was a terrible employee in my career, 
I started off as a, a sales rep, 100% commission, didn't sell, didn't eat, didn't get paid, kind of trial by fire, starts my career selling local TV ads. And I always tell people, you know, it was in Baltimore City, and it was kind of like Anchorman meets The Wire. That was sort of my reality for a little while. So from there, uh, when I was 25, I jumped ship, full Jerry Maguire, and started a company called Jump Digital Media. We built websites. But I was 25, terrible with managing money. So within a year, I was running uh, payroll on my private personal credit card to pay my employees, uh, and it was a disaster. So I sold that company to my business partner for 6000 whopping dollars. Wow. Uh, went back to the corporate world and ran social media for Fortune 100, got the bug again, and started my second company, which was called PMS.com. So it was like a Dollar Shave Club, but instead of razors, we shipped lady products each month. For, uh, which I thought was pretty genius because I always forgot to have stuff on hand. Turns out, nope, most people are just responsible adults and they pick it up at the grocery store. It's not a big deal. So <laughs> that company was a disaster. Uh, the URL was more profitable than the company. But what I did figure out my superpower was, was building a social media community around the topic. So we had the Internet's largest social media community around this kind of taboo women's health subject. And from there, I started my third company, which third time was a charm. And I started Socialite Agency with uh, one client building social media communities. And from there, grew it uh, over the next eight years to working with everyone from the United States Navy to the Oscars. So um, global social media agency. Um, and one of our clients had an event one day. The social media speaker called in sick. I batted in. And my speaking career began accidentally when people kept asking me to speak at their corporations and their events. And I couldn't believe that was a job. So wrote a book and now I get to speak and write full time and, and serve people. And our mission statement is have fun, help people and make money in that order. So that's my life. I love it. I love it. Here's a question <laughs> for you. Though. I want to go back a bit farther. Um, Aaron, you're in 12th grade in Maryland, right? And I was there. Yep. And what did Aaron want to do? What was that? You know, when they, the, the, the guidance counselor asks you, like, you got to decide what you want to do with your life. What did Erin want to do when she was 17 years old? You know, I've never been that much of a planner. Uh, I'm sort of, I'm very in the moment to a fault. And I, I actually didn't really have anything beyond the fact that I, I edited the high school newspaper. And so I always thought it'd be cool to write novels. Um, so I guess full circle, no one's ever really asked me that. But I guess, I guess I'm an author now. So I'm doing what I sort of always wanted to do by accident. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I got to, I was an Irish step dancer in high school. So, um, kind of random, Wow. But I went to the world Irish dancing championships, <laughs> represented the United States in that. So I kind of thought I'd maybe go to river dance in New York or something. Wow. My dad was like, you need to go to college. You can't just be a river dancer for your job. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of random, but fun little, fact. little known facts about Aaron. Yeah. Irish man. step dancing. Mm -hmm. Maybe at uh, maybe at Epic this year you could do a little ditty for us, do a little number for us. We'll so. do a little we'll do a little uh, lesson, and you both can be the hit of your next St. Patrick's Day party. Oh, sounds <laughs> fantastic! I've got a, I have a I have a daughter who's seven and a son who's three. I'll, I'll be a hit just at home. Like if I came up and I have and all of a sudden <laughs> we'll my daughter exactly all of a sudden my dad my daughter be like, Dad, you have moves now. Like I'm the worst dancer, right? So Nick, she, you don't you don't have moves. Absolutely. <laughs> Irish moves. All right, go Nick. Just a just a like. As t talking about your, you know, what you're doing for a living and, and, and the wonderful company and, and the social media expert that you are, Aaron, we have a lot of young listeners um, that, that are in college, that we have young listeners that are taking entrepreneurship and um, that are young listeners that are like, you know, starting out, not young and old, I guess, but like uh, that are starting their, um, their business journey. Can you talk about the importance of social media and, and why they need to get that right? And, and then uh, the second part of that question is, how? How can we get that right? Well, what's interesting is we don't really type like we talk. You may have noticed this. Even in our communication, Nick, with our speaker group and Stu, with our Facebook Messenger and our emails, the relationship that we're having now face-to-face -face is much different than perhaps our engagements prior to actually having that face-to-face -face interaction. So when you're talking about the younger generation, it seems that it's not always how old people are. A lot of times it's, it's psychological. You know, for example, my 
you know, my in-laws are 74 and 82 and they're always downloading new apps and playing games and they're all about social media. My parents are 10 years younger and they can like barely email. So I don't even know if it's a millennial thing or an age thing so much as it's kind of a mentality thing. But um, the younger generation does seem to be more comfortable communicating from behind a screen than in person face to face. You know, when we were kids, I don't know about you guys, but my mom would always make me say, you'd call your friend's house and say, hello, Mrs. So-and-so, how are you? You know, is so-and-so there? Can they play? And you'd be like, oh, you didn't want to talk to an adult, but your mom would kind of make you have those manners and, and learn how to engage in the real world. So I think that the big divide right now is that we have half of the society here that is more comfortable behind screens and social and digital and Instagram and texting and the other half of society is still wants to sit down, look you in the eye, and shake your hand. So how do you kind of bridge those two worlds? And how do you bridge online you and offline you? You know, how do you make sure the person that's showing up in person is consistent and authentic with the person that you actually are? And so I think the big challenge right now with the younger generation is that they are they're kind of experiencing life through this they're experiencing it through the the lens of their camera. You know, their their keyboard is the new camera for them, and and they they are just they're curating a version of their life that they'd like everyone to believe that that's who they are. That's their personal brand. That's who they're showing up as on Instagram stories and and on on Snapchat. And so I think we have a lot of questions to ask ourselves no matter what age they are, whether they're in school or not, about what is the what is the first impression you want people to have of you when they inevitably Google you, right? Within the first couple of seconds, people are forming an opinion about you and Stu and me before they've ever seen us in person at an event like Epic or, or at a conference. And so, I mean, really the question is uncovering sort of who is your authentic self? You know, what is your personal brand? And does the footprint that you're leaving behind online reflect that? Doesn't 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 the whole online thing lend itself more to being inauthentic? Like, as as my as my parents' generation dies out, you know, I hope my mom's eighty, uh, and she still literally calls it the Facebook, and like you know, she doesn't understand anything we're doing. I, I got her an iPhone; she never uses it. She doesn't know what she's doing. Has an iPad; doesn't know how to use it. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, they would argue that, um, you know, it's such a loss in, of humanity, of basic human skills that we've lost through, um, through technology. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I wonder, you know, what, you're, what, what you say to someone like that who is just really, like, down on the whole, um, you know, thing. Like, for me, like, I'm on my phone, but, like, I, I went with my kids last week, and they're all old, and they're, they're in their 20s now. But I'm just like, they're like, I'm like, look up from your phone. Like, look up yeah. from your phone. Look at me. I haven't seen you in all summer because yeah. I've been busy. Look at me. But they can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've been working in social media since the very beginning, since 2004. And what I believe we're experiencing right now is the fact that iPhones turned 12 this year. Facebook turns 15, the Facebook, as your grandmom would say. And if you average those two together, you get 13.5 years. 13.5 years is how old you are when you're a freshman in high school. And if you remember being a freshman in high school, if you were anything like me, you were very awkward. You were looking to others to know how to behave. You're kind of faking it till you make it. And when you look at the course of human communication for millennia, this way of being, like your kids on their phones and everyone communicating through social first and then meeting later in person, this way of existing is really only freshman in high school old. Right. And so I believe that we are at a real crossroads in our society where I think we have a little too much of a good thing. And it's up to us to decide kind of who's the slave, who's the master when it comes to you and your phone. Um, I don't I don't believe that technology is inherently good or evil, but I do believe that a really intentional look at how you're using it to grow your business, how you're using it to tell the world who you are, how you're using it to serve others. I mean, look at all the great movements that have happened on social. You got like, yeah. you know, Black Lives Matter and Me Too and yeah. all these incredibly important conversations that have come from social media. And then you have things that are horrendous, like cyberbullying. So, you know, just like human nature, we're, we're sort of reestablishing a new 
new boundaries and parameters and objectives around how we use this tool that can be very powerful if we harness it or it can be Chernobyl, you know? So yeah. it just depends, I think, on how we, how we use it. And then I think that's individual for each person. Um, a lot of us tell ourselves we're working when we're really just unconsciously scrolling ourselves down the dark rabbit hole. And I believe that unconscious scrolling is the new smoking. It and is. So using it with real intention uh, is the key, I believe. Yeah, it's interesting. I just recently read an article, um, two, two article technology. One was Sean Parker, co-founder of Facebook, who said Facebook, was, when, when as they built it, had a whole like development team about how to make it more addictive. Yeah. Trying to figure out ways to make it more addictive, which is kind of a crazy yeah. thought. And then Tim Cook, you know, CEO of Apple, doesn't let his kids be on any social networks. He, yeah. That's against the rules in their family. You cannot be on them. So you have those people who are relatively big in the tech world. I mean, Tim Cook, obviously more than Sean Parker in 2019. But the bottom line is like, that's an interesting perception from those two people. Um, but having said all that, I don't want to get into a big talk about this. I actually want to talk about something completely different. But it, it's true. I mean, you have dealers that are not getting high on their own supply. Yeah, that's wow. Don't get high. Wow. That was like, that just, just blew my mind. You just literally blew my mind. But you're, you're right. I mean, that's, that is essentially the guy that created the uh, pull-down refresh technology was mimicking the pull-down lever of a Vegas slot machine. I mean, they designed it to have Pavlonian dopamine reactions. And so we are, we are falling into an addiction just like sugar or fast food or smoking. And, you know, there was a long time when McDonald's was okay, smoking was okay. But these behaviors, we learned how to manage them in society in a way that was healthy. And I believe that technology is no different. And so social media can it can be the most liberating thing in the world that you can run a business from anywhere in the world. Yeah. You can you can you can work smarter, not harder. You can be with your family. You can do all these incredible things. Um, and if you're not careful, it can it can rob you of of experiencing the joys of being human. I mean, screens really can scramble our humanity or they can lift us higher. It's really up to you. It is true. I remember a quote once that used to say, because I'm so old, but said, um, the greatest moments in life, and it's irrelevant now in North America anyway, in, in the civilized, civilized world, and probably beyond that now, but the most beautiful moments in life take place when there's no cameras around. Oh, love that. But now there's cameras around all the time. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But, you know. No, it's funny. My sister is uh, 10 years younger than me. She's getting married in two weeks. And she recently went to the MTV Video Music Awards. Cool. And so I'm constantly trying to have her keep me cool. I'm like, you know, is this a cool word? What does this acronym mean? Are all the kids still on Snapchat? Like, keep me cool, right? So I was talking to her about this MTV Movie Award experience, and they weren't allowed to have cell phones at wow. the event. So they all had to check their cell phones at the door. And so here she is. She's 25. Taylor Swift is right in front of her, you know. And her generation especially, they, they experience everything through that lens. They almost experience it later because they didn't really experience it first person the first time around, right? And I asked her, I was like, you know, was it – liberating for you to just watch Taylor Swift like it's like it's 1999 or whatever her album 1989 and just experience it and just be there and listen to her you know or were you anxious because you weren't able to share the experience and she said that during the concert it was so freeing to just be and just experience the moment and then afterwards she had unbelievable anxiety because she couldn't share it with her network. And what I realized from that conversation with her is that a lot of times it's like if, if our social media network hasn't validated the experience, did it even really happen? I mean, it's getting to be to that kind of level where if everyone hasn't you know, validated that your experience was awesome, do you still feel like it's awesome? You know, are you, what's your why for doing things? And so you can get in a whole rabbit hole with it, but the, the bottom line kind of bringing it home is that social media is very powerful. And I believe we are at a real crossroads where some intentionality would probably help everyone have a more positive experience with it. Yeah. Do you think when, like, when it comes to social media, like, do you have advice that you could offer as far as like ways that I could better build my business? Uh, like three things that I like, am I, like, how do I know when I'm posting too much or too little? Or is there uh, like for our listeners to, to kind of look, look at and, this, and listen to and think, okay, so these are some steps that I can use that are going to help me get to uh, better serve my community. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the, the things that really overcomplicates 
people's social media strategies. And this is, I've seen this with brands. I've worked with, you know, Visa and Siemens, Hitachi, all these big companies. It doesn't matter if you're a, a one person, a one man shop, one woman shop, or if you're a Fortune 100 company. We all overcomplicate our screen speak. And by screen speak, I mean how we type text and tweet. And the thing is, oftentimes we'll sit down and we'll have sort of a marketing hat on and we'll say to ourselves, what are we going to create? What are we going to type? What's our message? Who are we, right? We approach it almost from a very marketing strategy type hat. And what I, what I recommend that my clients and people that I work with do is to kind of take that hat off, sort of pump the brakes a little bit, and remember that social media, it's really just putting a microphone in a spotlight, no pun, around what's already happening in your life. I mean, all you're doing is amplifying what you're already doing. And so instead of always trying to think, what can I create? It's being a little bit more aware that what you're doing in your business every day has these incredible moments that you can use social media to take something from a one-to-one -one interaction to a one-to-many interaction. So I'll give you an example. Like, let's say you have an organization with a sales force. Well, the marketing team's always trying to create the perfect marketing piece about the best in class and the cutting edge and the buzzwords and all the things, right? But instead, you know, there are moments happening within that sales force with each person that is inside the office of that buyer, that doctor, that key opinion leader, that contractor, and they're having fascinating dialogues around the real pain points and the real success stories. And so oftentimes, it's not even always thinking like a storyteller, I must tell my story on social media, but instead of evolving to thinking more like a story seeker, finding those moments throughout the day or those people that can tell your story better than you can, and then just simply amplifying what's already happening. So being yeah. more aware that at any moment, any time, you're, you're holding a distribution network and a production studio and all these things right in the palm of your hand. And so just thinking like, I'm in this great conversation with this key client, let's capture this moment and let's just share it real and raw and authentic. And I think that authenticity factor is where you'll start to see your engagement begin to go up and yeah. not feel so frustrating. You know, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Gary V, we've all heard of Gary V, but he's obsessed with it, just, just put it out there. Don't be so obsessed with the, the filter and the colors and the catchphrases. Just put it out there because you know it has to be constant. And I've, I, with our team, we've got a, a larger team with our company, our organization, and they spend a lot of time getting the right Canva layout done and getting that out. And you know, you're putting out with Instagram, for instance, or you're you're dropping down this thing. It drops in for like into a feed, and then it's gone, right? Like it's like it's like it's like a, a river of salmon, and there's that salmon. You put your salmon in, and then the salmon's gone, right? So. Which I think if you keep putting, you put a lot of stuff up. I, I've been following you a lot, and you're always putting fun stuff up, and your stuff is very raw and very just in the moment. And I find that fun. I find that like I want, I'm kind of feel like I'm part of your life, right? Like I feel like I'm just kind of riding along the Aaron Garden King lifestyle. Like it's cool, right? And I and I don't think it'd be as fun if you were like, here's my once a day, well put together post. Perfunctory. Like yeah, like you yeah. could do that, but. Yeah, you know, projecting perfection is, I think we're pretty tired of that. I think, I think that being duplicitous is exhausting. And when you're trying to showcase this perfect version of your life, it's just sooner or later, there's going to be a crack in the, in the matrix, right? It's going to be yeah. a crack in the lens. And so um, a lot of, on the flip side of what you're talking about, which is, you know, everyone's trying to have these perfectly curated news feeds and their scheduled posts and just keep the lights on and check that box. On the flip side, you also have people that sort of do the uh, fake authenticity where it's kind of the cry for attention posts where it's intentionally vague or the humble brag and all these different... A little passive-aggressive you know, maybe? What's that? A little passive-aggressive maybe in some of their posts, like just trying to get that, pull that right. interaction in, yeah. Right, exactly. And so the measure that I use uh, for myself to two things that I, I try to do, and I appreciate your feedback on my, my content, because what I try to do, number one, is ask myself, um, number one, is this serving me or my audience? Because oftentimes we're, we're just posting, because it does feel good when the likes rain down, the dopamine spikes, and everyone thinks we're great. And, you know, I mean, what I teach is show about you, but type about them. So it's okay to show about you and your life and what happened, but make sure that what you're typing, your captions, your words are are sharing the experience. Tell them a story of what happened. What was the insight you took away? What was the big aha moment? Bring them along the journey with you so that it's not just, 
here's me doing this cool thing that you're not, but it's, here's me doing this thing. Here's what I learned. Maybe you can take it and run with it, right? Um, and then the second thing that I, I try to ask myself is, um, in terms of vulnerability and authenticity and peeling back a layer, I ask myself, am, am I a little bit scared to share this? Not, 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 it's not oversharing where you, if you're really, you know, you shouldn't, not that. I just mean that little kind of twinge in your heart where you're just being really open to the point you're a teeny bit scared. And that's kind of like the sweet spot. And when you have that feeling about sharing something and being a teeniest little bit scared of what others will think, that's how you know you're sort of operating in that sweet spot of authenticity and not just kind of polished perfection, you know? The Authentic Entrepreneurs are brought to you by... Hey, it's Stu Saunders from the Epic Community and the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I just want to jump on here real quick and let you know that this May 2020, we're running the Epic Community event again. It was such a success last year and an incredible return ratio, 100%. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what those who were there, listen to how they feel about it. My brain and my heart are so full. It has soul. And I think this is the start of something very special. It's been real. You won't be disappointed. Blown away. Absolutely flawless. Perfect. You know that you're just around like the most amazing humans. Great experience, great people, great minds, great dis discussion. One might say, this is epic. That is just a sampling of what people thought about the epic community. So do yourself a favor. Go to theepiccommunity.com, apply to be a member, and join us this May 24th to the 27th in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I'm interested because you, you, you work with small organizations and individuals, right? Um, not, re not really. What, what, what size are we talking? <laughs> okay, no, so I'm saying like you could, you could look at me and my organization or say Epic, right? Which is which is oh, a yeah. small a small yeah. thing. And you could say, Stu, here is some things you could do to optimize what you're doing. Like here's some tactics, some ideas, right? You could do that for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. And but then you're gonna go to the Oscars, which is a large organization, a large thing. W are they similar? So what I'm my, what I'm trying to say is what you would tell me, company of thirteen people, you know, what we do, would that be the same strategies in play? So a small entrepreneur we have the same strategies in play as a large thing like the Oscars or like a large organization like the Navy. Like, would they be? Would you be doing the same? Is it different, or are you saying basically the same fundamentals? Well, I use the same fundamentals for. I, I don't work with a ton of small organizations. Um, obviously, speaking with your community with Epic, um, I would be thrilled to take a look at anything to help contribute because I really believe in what you're doing, and I think that your intentions around this event are really awesome really Thanks. cool and so I'm, I'm stoked to be a part of it um as far as the consistency around what i teach i teach a method that is essentially kind of like an optimization formula for every time that you sort of run through before you publish anything and it can be used either you've created something and you want to put it out there to the world and you ask yourself kind of these three questions to make sure that it's optimized to be as powerful persuasive influential and authentic as possible um, or if you had that that blank page with the blinking cursor and it's what should I write? What should I type? Right. You can use it to start getting your juices flowing. Um, but so I use the same thing. I use it with the Oscars. I use it with Siemens, Visa, Target, all the, all the things, Johnson and Johnson, everyone. I use the same exact formula and it's just a really kind of, it can scale up or down. Right. And what I, I ask people is, you know, before you publish, you want to remember to, I call it the pub method. Um, okay. I'm Irish Catholic. I like pubs, so easy we know we know but so, we know you're a Celtic dancer. So yes, we know about your exactly, Irish background. Exactly. So all good things start at the pub. So so you ask yourself, you know, are we opening with something personal? Are we offering something useful? And are we keeping it brief? Personal, useful, brief. That's my three-step method that I, I start all social strategies, analysis, everything with, and it's a great kind of gut check for you when you're looking at your your videos, even your podcasts, even when you go live, uh, we all tend to start with us. You know, this is me, and this is who I am, this is what I want, this is in and me, me, me. If you flip it around and, and you make sure that you're putting your audience first, you'll find that your engagement goes up because we really, you know, it's, it's blame it on Netflix, but 
at any moment we can skip to the next and skip to the next and and we just don't have patience for it's not like we have short attention spans we just have really low tolerance for crappy content that's not about us that's not serving us so uh, one thing I teach is kind of like the I to you ratio so if you're starting off a lot of things saying I'm so excited to announce I was hoping to tell you I'm here I I I I well persuasion is personal right if we can't see ourselves in focus we're not as persuaded to care it's like when you're taking a selfie you get so excited but you see crazy tourists in Europe almost falling off a bridge having a selfie death you know, risking their life for likes. And you're like, well, the first one, that's Darwinism. Um, second of all, you know, <laughs> you're never finest. asking the stranger like, hey, I don't know you, man, but let me see how you look in that selfie. No, you don't, give, you don't care, right? You only care when you're in focus. And so flipping that language around and making sure that you're being conscious of how often you're using the word I versus you is a very simple switch that I use for all my clients. And so instead of saying like, this is us, this is us, it's, you know, Imagine that you're doing this, or there you are, or have you ever, and you, you bring them in with you, and then you offer something useful, which is, you know, are you are you contributing to the noise of social media? Are you are you making them feel like their life isn't good enough by comparison? Is it all about you? Are you just asking? You know, are you just kind of beating them down with all the, the you know, cesspool which can be the internet, or are you offering that something that's lifting them up? You know, you're offering whether it's motivation or advice or how-to or a story that moves them. There's so many things you can be offering versus asking. And then really keeping it brief is the last piece because as I said earlier, we do not type like we talk. We tend to go on and on, the see more, the multi-scroller great wall of text, you're repeating ourselves. I think I wanted to say, I just, I, 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 all this stuff. And my husband always, I tell very long stories and my husband always says, babe, you got to land the plane. And that was the best advice I ever got. So it's like when you're on digital and social, are you landing the plane or are you just, you know, kind of, telling us things we don't need to hear. So personal useful brief can work whether you're the Oscars or individual speaker or anyone to help elevate your content. Well, one question for you. Um, is, is, there a, is, there, is, there a, is there a length that works for, for brief? Is there, is there like, is, is it like a, um, is there a time? Is there a length of copy? Is there like, what, what have you found that you, what would you tell someone like a large organization? Like what should you keep your posts to? Well, brief subjective, right? I mean, my right, mom called me this mean. morning for a brief phone call, and 45 minutes later, I still haven't gotten a word in because my sister's getting married in two weeks. So she thought that was brief. That was pretty long, in my opinion. But <laughs> um, it's very subjective. Brief is really more about um, is everything that you're telling in your story absolutely supporting your narrative? You know, can you show and not tell? Um, and really the biggest thing is we, we repeat ourselves a lot on digital. We tend to write the same thing and then rephrase it and then rephrase it. And so it's just looking at what you're saying and saying, you know, if I need it, keep it. If I don't, cut it. Um, even looking at, I, I talk about this in, in some of my talks, there's a, a gal named Tarana Burke, and she's a social activist and um, for sexual abuse and sexual awareness. And she was a big champion for getting people to be aware of this back in 2006. And she had been talking about this issue for a long time. And a 13-year-old girl one day came up to her and shared her own story of, of sexual abuse. And this woman at, at the forefront of this movement, Tarana, found herself unable to respond to this girl. And when she was asked about the impact that made to her later, she simply said that she wished when that girl came to her that she had had the courage to just say to her, me too. And those two simple words so brief and so powerful finally persuaded the world to care so much more than all the talks and everything she'd been doing those two words when everyone finally started to pay attention and so brief can be whatever you want it to be but it's just is everything absolutely necessary because it's when it's blessedly brilliantly brief in a world of so much content um, it helps to set you up for more success so um what's what last question then we'll get to our quick question a quick wrap of fire yeah. questions um, what, what's the biggest mistake you're seeing young entrepreneurs doing right now with social? Um, as far as with social, I would say it's the thing that we were talking about earlier, which is uh, being afraid to be real and projecting this Wolf of Wall Street champagne, you know, Vegas girls, happy days, whatever, which is just the whole Dan Bilzeran kind of culture. Um, there's really uh, a lot to be said for for taking things one step at a time. I mean, I, I know that the biggest mistake that I made as an entrepreneur with Jump and also with 
PMS and also with Social A, with all three of my companies, I always make the mistake of going, you know, all in on something. You know, I've, I've raised millions of dollars of capital and I put it all towards one initiative or I'd go all in on this or all in on that. And we think that we read these quotes about entrepreneurs or people who jump out of planes and build parachutes on the way down and, and that's so cool and badass and glamorous. And, you know, that's also really dumb because you can splatter on the ground before you have time to build a parachute. And so I think that the biggest lesson that, you know, that I always talk to all young entrepreneurs about to learn from my mistakes is that you don't have to go all in on everything, all the chips in, all the money in, all the focus in. There's so much beauty and power in testing very small ideas, testing a portion of the app, testing a piece of the concept, testing a little bit. You don't have to always get the office and the staff and all the things and blow it up on Instagram. That's not really a scalable, smart way to ensure that what you're doing is working. And and so I, I try to have little proof points on all these new initiatives, like proving like little parts of things as you go and make sure that you have that that beta working before you put all your chips in and all your savings on the line and all your blood, sweat, and tears because it's just, it may be more glamorous, but it, risk tolerance is great, but it's just not the smartest way. And if you look at people that have built great organizations, great companies, um, they always tell you, you know, just test and learn, try a little bit at a time, see what happens and go from there. It does not always have to be the big home run, you know, hit singles essentially. So that's yeah, always I, the advice that I wish I had paid attention to earlier and that I know for sure, uh, has been helpful for me. So I call it, um, I call it microwave entrepreneurship. So it's that super quick, super fast, like just get it out there, get it cooked, get the meal cooked, get it out of the plate. And no one ever gets excited about a microwave turkey dinner at Thanksgiving. Nobody, <laughs> right? You got to keep taking it out, checking the temperature, add it basting a little more, da, 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 back and forth. It takes six to eight hours. So I think microwave entrepreneurship is what you're saying. Like get it all done, get it fast, throw it all in there, see what the hell happens. And that never works. Rarely works. Sometimes I guess it does, but rarely does it ever work. So anyway. true. It's time for five big questions with Nick and Stu. All right, Aaron. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, is what are you learning or reading at the moment that is impacting your, your life? I just finished a book called The Power of Off. And this is all very controversial. As a, I've been preaching social media for 15 years. I've made my whole living on social and digital. And the more I've spent time in it, the more I'm trying to figure out how to have a healthier relationship with it. And so this book really helped me to uh, start to implement the 8 to 8, which is after 8 p.m., all of my social media apps deactivate and they don't turn back on until 8 a.m. So from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., I am off the social media platforms and I have noticed that my business has actually grown. Um, I'm sleeping better, more time with my family, uh, more positivity, and there really is no need to check your phone at 3 a.m. just because you can't sleep. You know, there's other things you can be doing. So uh, that book really helped me to sort of DTR to find the relationship with my my device and it's it's been a really great experiment so do, do you do that does that include email pardon me does that include email yeah and email too cool yeah and, right. and I override it sometimes but I really try to stick with it as much as I can yeah I, I override mine far too much too so um, anyway <laughs> yeah. um, the second question is what is one uh, what is one uh, example in your life where you had a failure uh, or thought was a failure and then turned out to be something really good for your life or good for your journey? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as I told you, when I was 14, I, I went to the World Irish Dancing Championships and represented the United States. And what I didn't tell you is that when I went there, I came in dead last place <laughs> in the whole world. So when I was 14, which is a very fragile time for everyone, particularly, you know, early high school gals, you know, freshman in high school, um, I had my ego shredded on a global level. And, you know, I think the lesson I learned was I, I thought it was a huge failure. But what I learned was that the world is a really big place. And especially in the age of Instagram, there is always someone smarter, prettier, more successful, better at hornpiping than you are. And so how important it is to make sure that the only judgment is really how you judge yourself and and not always looking around, putting those blinders on a little bit and kind of doing you and being proud of what you're doing, being grateful for who you are because, you know, you're never going to be the best, biggest fish in the pond. The world's just too damn big. So you better just do you and have a good time. Love it. Love it. 
What are, what's your, uh, some of your biggest influencers or influences in your life right now? Some of your biggest influences or influencers in your life right now? You know, my, my husband is a really big influence in my life. Um, he is a, he works in programming and a lot of, he does a lot with, uh, he's a VC, so he's invested in a lot of different companies and organizations in fintech, but he does a lot with computer vision and AI and um, just kind of watching him always looking to understand what's next and not be afraid of it. You know, he goes really deep into computer vision, machine learning, AI stuff. And, and what really I think inspired me was when he started working with all these different types of programming and kind of the future of technology, I assumed like, oh, I'm an English major, you know, I'm just social media, I'm just a Twitter girl, I'm not going to be able to understand all this stuff. And he said, well, why don't you try to learn it? Why don't you read about it? Like, how do you know till you dive in? And so I was so intimidated by all these things, and and he really inspired me to kind of start reading these books about it and learning about it. And if you don't know what something means, then go learn it, figure it out, Google it. And, and, and that things that are even the most complex and complicated, if you roll your sleeves up and you actually have a desire to understand it, you can you can really elevate your your awareness of what's going on and, and how things work. And so he's really inspired me to kind of push outside my fear zones of of learning, I guess, and not being so intimidated by by things that seem so complicated. So um, he's been inspiring me a lot lately, which is cool. Great. Um, our fourth question, you kind of already answered because it is you know what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or whatever? You kind of given that advice. So I'm going to change the question to our backup question. Uh, which I actually like more. I want to make it actually our main question. Is, <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you um, as an entrepreneur or a speaker or doing what you do? Like, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you that you can share legally with us? So many. So many. Can I just um, tell you a story? Can I tell you what you're thinking? We had Mark Bowden on here, who's the yeah. language, body language expert. And I got to tell you, he told us a story about streaking. And there's YouTube video. There's YouTube video. So we looked it up and we put it on the podcast of him while he's telling us of him streaking across this yeah. football game in England. And it is the greatest moment I've ever Nike seen. Nike streaker. Life. If you Google it, you're, it'll, it'll make your evening. <laughs> anyway. Well, I can't give you a streaking video because I'm a girl, so it's a little different. But uh, <laughs> what I can what I can share with you. Um, oh God, I have so many embarrassing stories from over the years. What's your best? I would say probably one of, okay, I'll tell you the most embarrassing, one of the most embarrassing stories. I was down in San Diego and I was presenting to Hitachi Healthcare and it was the corporate team from Japan. So a very culturally conservative organization. We were at one of those big, long conference tables with the big shiny windows overlooking San Diego Bay. And I'm the only gal in the room. I'm the only white person in the room. And it is very serious and buttoned up. And I am presenting this, uh, this social media strategy. And they are all looking at me like I am just this alien. that They don't even know what's happening. And I had forgotten to turn off my notifications on my laptop, which was being projected no. on top of the screen no. in front of all of these culturally conservative Japanese businessmen. And... Uh, my, the guy I was dating at the time started sending me, uh, naughty questions <laughs> in the middle oh of my, my presentation. <laughs> and it's, boodaloo, boodaloo, what are you wearing? Boodaloo. I mean, the whole thing, right? And it's like, the, the, these, these messages are like two feet wide. Cause it's a huge <laughs> presentation room, right? <laughs> so I'm already, I'm like, you know, I'm 31 years old. I'm already feeling a little out of my league. And so I just started to answer them out loud, and they all started dying laughing. <laughs> Everyone was cracking up. They started crying laughing. We all went out for sushi later. They ended up signing up with the deal. It all was great, but it was a great example of yes and. Yes and <laughs> anything will happen, and now what? How are you going to respond? Are you going to roll with it or not, right? So it's pretty, that that's is, pretty that's bad. That's a great story. story. That and might I, be one of the best. That's the best that's, story. That's one of the top yeah. ones. But it's a great thing I learned. I heard a great quote from a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> And, and a great quote that goes what you just said, you know, and, um, and what would you say, and? Um, yes, and. Yes, and. It's happening, and now what? Yeah, so his is, I love it, and I use it all the time, which if you can't fix it, feature it. <laughs> right? Go. If you can't fix it, might as well feature it, make it, make it part of your whatever you're doing, which I love. Exactly. <laughs> all right. All right, time for our random question generator. Uh, right now you can't see it, but Mikey has touched the computer. It is now going to pick one of the three of us to ask you a question. Uh, so, Mikey, who gets the question? Stuart. 
I get the question. Okay, great. Thank you. Mikey's an amazing computer. All right. So uh, my question is, what would Erin Gargan King tell her 14-year-old self um, now? If you go back in time, what piece of advice would you give your 14-year-old self or 15-year-old? That, that, that ninth grade freshman kid, um, what would you tell yourself? What would I tell myself? Uh, I think what I would tell myself at 14 is that uh, no one's thinking about you as much as you think they are. <laughs> no one's, people are more obsessed with their own social media profiles and their own lives. And so you might as well be courageous and fearless and just operate and stop worrying what everyone's thinking because they're definitely not thinking about you as much as you think that they are. What would you have done? Like, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because at 14, you didn't have social media. Um, I didn't have social media. It's different for kids these days. Yeah, I, I just think it's, you know, I think a lot of the fear that holds us back from being brave or, you know, maybe going for a different college or, or trying a new sport or, you know, dating different people or being friends with new people. I just think that we really limit ourselves because we tell ourselves that maybe we're not good enough or we're not smart enough or not confident enough. And well, that's for other people, not for me. And what will everyone think? And I just think that, I think that the more that you realize that everyone's kind of in their own world, the more liberating and, and the more, the more courageously you can operate, you know, you can, yeah. you can do whatever you want, you, you know, and, and the worst that happens is, you know, you, you lose money or you can always dig back out of that. And it just, I think that it's a, it's a little bit of a, a feeling of freedom. I would have liked to give myself that it was kind of like, just go for it. Don't yeah. be so afraid to try stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, as we, that's great advice. And I think everyone, I can learn from it now at 50 years old almost. So, <laughs> yeah. um, we all, we mentioned a couple of times you're coming to Epic in May in Toronto. We're so pumped yeah. up to have you. We're like ah, over the moon. Um, what, what are you going to bring the, what are you going to bring the community? What's, what are they going to get? What are they going to, what are you going to share with the community? So what I'd love to share with the Epic community is a couple different strategies for ways that you can show up as your best self online. So we talked about a couple different little nuggets, little teasers in today's podcasts, but really more and more, we have to win on digital to ignite that dialogue later, whether it's for a sales conversation, a an opportunity for your business, whether it's an event that you're speaking at a conference, all these different offline experiences, they all start online first. And so we have to really flip the focus and, and make sure that we're winning there first to really win in the real world later. And so what I'm really excited to do is to roll up our sleeves and to dive into all the screen speak that we are doing, whether it's our email, our social, our text, our messenger, our video, our lives, our podcast, bring everything so we can just dive in and apply some of these different strategies so you can really elevate how much people are persuaded to care about your story and care about your mission. Because oftentimes it's not that they, that they don't like you or have a negative reaction. It's oftentimes it's worse. You know, the digital space is so crowded that oftentimes people have no reaction at all, indifference, which is the worst of all reactions. And so if you think about things in terms of, you know, green, yellow, and red. We want to move you if you're in the red to yellow, and more than likely you're in the yellow. So let's move you to green or greener. So that's what our, our game plan for for Epic in Toronto, and I'm really excited to dive in. Awesome. Uh, that's going to be great. We're pumped. Yeah. How do we get a hold of you? How do people get a hold of you? How do people stay in contact with Aaron Garden King? I am an Instagram fan myself. So yes, at you Aaron are. Garden King. I respond to my DMs between the hours of not 8 p.m. and 8 a.m., but all the rest of the hours. And uh, I try to be on Facebook, but... I'm just kind of over Facebook right now, personally, between you and me. So uh, Instagram's my best bet. Great. Cool. Awesome. And you have a website? I do. Yep, AaronGardenKing.com. What a great website for you to have. <laughs> Not as cool as PMS.com, though. Um, that must have been a... Did you sell that one? Did you sell, did you sell the website? Yes. We yeah. sold the URL. Yep. The URL was more valuable than the business, but it was a good learning experience in the world of e-commerce and subscription services. And yeah. you know, I think we all like to talk about building a subscription business, that reoccurring passive revenue model, this elusive place. And it is more challenging than you would think to get someone to agree to uh, sign, up, sign up for kind of a, a monthly situation, no pun. So uh, <laughs> it was a great learning experience. So. 
<laughs> well, we appreciate your time, Aaron. <laughs> we'll go on that. Uh, that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Um, Aaron, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We're so pumped to see you in Toronto in May, and we'll be in contact lots before that. So thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the West Coast, uh, where it's probably prettier than it is right now here <laughs> in Gray, Ontario, Canada. Nice to see you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Bye, Aaron. Thank you. Okay, I think you'll agree, uh, Nick. Outstanding conversation. Yeah, the content that, that that Aaron offered us today is is you know second to none. She is a uh, she's a wizard. I don't know. I don't have enough. Uh, I don't have enough adjectives to describe how how good she is at her job. You can just tell. Just really easy to talk to. Yeah. Gave us so much insight. Uh, what's one of your takeaways? Uh, that I was surprised to learn that she was a world class Irish step dancer. Yeah, which is kind of cool, right? She was in the world sport and everything. Yeah, not something you think when you meet someone like that. Like there's other other sides to people. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the one thing I took away that was really um, was uh, really valuable was was her analogy of pub. Yeah, pub. Yeah. Which was personal. Yeah. Uh, useful. Useful. Yeah. And uh, brief. Brief. Yeah. So when creating your post, creating your online content, it should be personal, so it should have value to you and to your listener. Uh, it should, that moves into useful, so it's not just you bragging. Mm-hmm. It's what's useful to your listener, to your community, to your organization, to your clientele. And then brief, like you don't have to draw on, but the same thing over and over and over again. So I love the whole pub thing. Yeah. A big link back, as she said, their Irish, uh, yeah. Irish background, but easy to remember. I love acronyms that are easy, uh, easy to remember, right? So all personally useful and brief. Great, great content there. You know, it's funny. I was, I was going to say um, be a story seeker and not necessarily a storyteller. So you're just you're living your story and, and you're just kind of you know going out there and, and you're, you're documenting it. But it actually looking at my notes, I, I, I like the, the question that she asks herself before she posts or she tells her clients to ask themselves, is this post serving me or my audience? Yeah. And if you're out there looking to, you know, serve yourself and then, you know, post it. But if you're if you're out there to serve your audience, then you got to ask yourself those questions more often than than not. Yeah. And I think a lot of I don't think a lot of people do that. And I know I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm like, it's serving me. I, yeah, it serves me. Yeah. You know? Le- less of the I, I, I. Yeah, I exactly. Say. And draw you in and how she talked about that. And she talked about it in the podcast. And I don't want to do it. Um, I, I'm not going to do it any justice trying to paraphrase it. But when she says draw it in, you know, c- mm-hmm. can you imagine doing this? And I, I, I would follow. Have you ever experienced exactly, this? Have you ever experienced this? So Aaron Gergen King on Instagram, follow her, and you're going to get a lot of insight. But more importantly, listen to uh, listen to this this podcast, this uh, this interview. It's second to none. And so, just a reminder as we wrap this up, uh, it's been a great man. Season two has been just. Oh man, it's run off the hook. It's on fire. Mikey, what's your comparison to season one, and season two so far? So Mikey said the format, our change out, our, our format are four questions, I guess, and, and yeah. we are get, all of our guests have been winners. Yeah. They were great last year, but yeah. we just had four bang-up guests to yeah, start exactly. the season with. Um, so please, as always, uh, you know, we ask you from the bottom of our hearts, as we continue to serve our community and bring you good stuff as an entrepreneur, business person, um, to like, to subscribe, and share on whatever platform you listen to or watch. Yeah, and we are on every platform that serves podcasts. Yeah, as so, well as YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So watch us on YouTube. We're handsome. Well, speak for I, buddy. You're handsome. I am. Um, Until next time, you know, uh, and don't forget Epic 2020 May. Yes. Whoa. Brought to you by. Brought to you by Epic. And this mug, this really dirty mug I use every day to remind myself that I'm Epic. And live an Epic life. You live an Epic life. All right. Until next time, I'm Stu Saunders. My name is Nick Foley. And keep being authentic. authentic. Boom. Bam. Thank you for listening to The Authentic Entrepreneurs. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, keep being authentic.